You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everybody welcome to gobbler country's talking turkey this is john schneider along with my regular co-host brian manning we're here to talk about that game on saturday hey brian how's it going today i'm good john another hokey loss to talk about but it is what it is i mean a little bit better than last week but still a loss yeah you know that's what my comments have been so far the grades article went out i know you and i weren't far off on the takeaways i mean it all the takeaways are pretty much what they were. I want to talk about the positives on this one because it was it was a one point loss. An L is an L. It's football. An L is an L. One point. It could be a thousand points or one point. What makes this one a little bit different was the defense showed up. The defense shut down. It didn't completely shut down Miami's run game. Their running back did you know gain yards, but they shut down Dear King's running game. He was completely stuffed. And there was some really wonderful performances on the defense, just season games for the defensive guys, which we just talked about. And the pre-podcast thing was, you know, a kind of a warm-up of what we're going to talk about. And the one thing that comes to mind is this is probably the most together performance of everybody on the defense that I've seen. Now, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of A's going out in the grades. But there were a lot of solid B's and B pluses. This is probably the best unified defensive performance we've had in a while. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think the best comparison probably for me would be the NC State game, of course, because that was the first game of the year and we did a lot of good things in that game. The win against Boston College, which I think we discussed before, was more the defense living off turnovers. I think that could have been a little bit worse, but the defense forced some turnovers. But as far as Saturday's game against Miami, I thought defense did a great job. I thought Coach Hamilton did a great job. I like the fact that he sent some different pressures from different areas. I like the the mixing coverages. A lot of things to be encouraged about there because it shows some growth from him as coordinators. I wrote in the Takeaways article. So I believe there there's something good there. And Coach Hamilton will still be working through these things. And whether or not we thought he should have got promoted is doesn't matter now. He he is a defensive yeah. coordinator. We all like him. We all root for him. We want him yeah. to succeed. But as far as the individual performances, I think one player really stuck out to me, and that was junior linebacker Dax Hollifield. Dax has had some good games in the previous two years, but he's had a lot of games where that wasn't so good where he's been out of position and looked a little slow out there for whatever reason. He had a game where he had two interceptions last year, a pretty good game. But I thought on Saturday, from start to finish, was the best game of his career. He was great. He was hitting hard. He was after the quarterback. He was diagnosed some plays. It was a great game for Dax. When I saw him get out there and get ahead of a break outside run, and this wasn't even the two-point stuff against the tank that they tried to throw it to, and Dax won, which was still amazing. But the first couple of plays where I saw Thor outside of the defensive end, outside where he's got to cover in the backer position and ahead of the play. 
And I'm like, wow, Dax was actually ahead of the play and off the block. Maybe this is going to be a different game for him. And it was. He was ahead of the play and off the block. He was tracking the ball. I didn't see him lose the ball that often. And that's been one of our big problems as a defense is the defenders have been losing the ball, which you know, and anybody who's played the game knows it's one of those cardinal sins that you can't lose track of where the ball is. Even if it's not a primary thing on your head at the moment, you've got to know where that ball is going, whether it's away from you or toward you, you know, or you're past it, whatever. You need to know where that thing was. Dax knew where the ball was on Saturday, and that is a big change. I did notice that there was no Alan Tisdale in the lineup. I also did notice that defensive line changed in character a little bit. Jarrett Hewitt brought another level to the game. That's the second guy I want to kind of, as an old defensive lineman, I want to stand up and do an applause for because Hewitt's been kind of struggling this year, and not, not for lack of effort, but is for lack of support. And this time, the whole defensive line seemed to be working together. They were shifting back and forth. They were not emptying the A-gap. You know that wide A-gap lineup where you have two wide tackles and two wide defensive ends, and you've kind of given away the A-gap? They didn't do that this Saturday. They kept the A-gap stuffed, which is probably one of the things that helped control Derek King, is because if that running quarterback can't get through that A-gap, it kind of shuts him down. So I was very impressed with Jared Hewitt's effort. Devine was solid again. He was running the defense. He was really good. He wasn't high on the tackle list. He was in the middle there. But he was really doing a good job of containing. Of course, there's a lot of coverages going on. But, man, six sacks. And of that six sacks, three of them were defensive linemen. Dax got a sack. Dax actually got there twice. He split his yeah. sack. I think one yeah. of them was with Justice Reed and yeah. the other one was with Hewitt. Yep. It was just, yeah, they could have gotten one more stop. And Hewitt got hurt and was out of the game. And the defensive line kind of buckled a little bit. And I was kind of a, disappointed in that. They should have picked him up a little bit while he was getting taped up again. I guess he hurt his shoulder or something. But, man, he Another was player. back out there in the field. Another player stood out was Devin Taylor, the transfer. When he transferred, I thought he was more or less going to be playing more of the cornerback position. But since he's been a Hokie, he's played a lot of safety. But he's done well with the Hokies this season. He has a couple interceptions on the season. And on Saturday, he had 11 tackles. And the big thing about his 11 tackles, they were all solo tackles. And you never really want your defensive backs getting double-digit solo tackles. That's never a good thing. But on Saturday, it wasn't like the Hokies allowed 350 rushing yards. Taylor was active around the line of scrimmage. So had a very good game. He's been a very good surprise for the Hokies this season. Yeah, I like the fact that they mixed things up, that they were doing strange stuff, You know, which is stuff that we talked about last week. It's like, why weren't they doing it? Because the week before last, it was the same two lineups. It was the same pattern. And the one thing before we switch off to offense, the one thing that I did notice, and it's something that I carped about before, they didn't have enough practice before. The scout squad wasn't fully coached up. It wasn't prepped, and they weren't playing full-on, full-up against the scout squad. And this week, they did that. This week, they put the scout squad on the field, they got the defense on the field, and they worked hard. And that makes a huge difference. That will always make a huge difference with the defense. So the defense did a great job, as they say in, in the Northeast. The offense, not so much. The funny thing about the offense, before we get started, John, is 
is for three plus quarters, the offense was outstanding. I mean, it was a it was an effort where the offense and the defense were all on the same page for one game. We, we were heading the right direction. We had had opened up a double digit lead there at twenty four thirteen. In the second half, I think around the first part of the fourth quarter, I was feeling that, you know, this is good. But I felt like the offense continuing to score, we weren't scoring like we have been because Miami's a little better on defense than some of the teams we play. But I was expecting us to keep scoring in the sense that ah, 24-13, we'll score again, we'll be fine. I actually felt a little bit better like we are going to win that football game. But they're the last five possessions. I, I looked over them, I think three of them were punts with like three and outs. Yep. And one was an, a bad interception and the other one was – I'll get on that last drive here a little bit later, but we had we couldn't even get to midfield. We had a minute and 45 seconds we got the ball. This is college where the clock stops at every first down. We couldn't even get to midfield. It was embarrassing. We've done it before. We've driven from the 30-yard oh. line to score a touchdown in less than a minute and 25 but, seconds. It was yeah, just- I, I blame Hooker and Cornelson because, you know, Cornelson – he needs to do more things to Hooker's strengths, and sometimes I can move the pocket a little bit because I don't think he does enough. I mean, he's going to run the same plays over and over so much, we see. But Hooker was struggling a little bit there the last part of the fourth quarter. Do something to help the kid out. And yeah. I, I didn't see it. And I didn't see any help. What I saw, number one, at about just before the three- or four-minute mark at the end of the third quarter, Hendon got hit hard. And I don't mean little hard. I mean hard enough that even the commentators noted that he was having trouble getting up off the field. I'm sorry. I don't care how much you love a starting quarterback. When your quarterback struggles to get up off the field after a hard hit, you pull him off the field. You've got two really good backup quarterbacks. Use them. Get the kid off the field and figure out what's going on. It could have been anything. It could have been just the wind got knocked out of him or he got woozy a little bit and needed to clear his head, you know, ride the bicycle on the sideline for a little while, kind of stretch out a little bit, get his head back in the game. But there's no excuse for that to happen. And what I was disappointed in is the same thing I'm always disappointed in. Cornelson has no idea what's going on on the sideline. He just doesn't have a clue. He can't look in the faces of his players. He can't see it. Now, Fuente's out there in the front with everybody behind him, and then I put that on him, which is he's your quarterback. You're a quarterback. You should know that something's wrong. Pull him, pat him on the back, and sit down with him and talk to him for a little while, which is not the head coach's job, by the way. That's the offensive coordinator's job slash the quarterback's coach job. And what do you got? You got the guy up in the crow's nest with the binoculars in the Game Boy choosing stuff off the Game Boy. I don't know. His six plays off his play sheet. They need to change that operation. It's not working. It's not effective. And it's been a losing proposition for, for three years now after uh, Gerard Evans' success because Gerard Evans was big and fast and the offense was one read and go. Well, we can't do one read and go anymore. One read and go doesn't work. As far as Hooker, I didn't get the sense he was injured. I just felt like, and I noticed this last season, and especially in the bowl game, is anytime, and I'm not blaming him solely, but it is a, it is something you see, is when the defense is expecting, it's a pass-only situation, defense are expecting to pass, he struggles a little bit. When it's not a schemed up, more of a read-pass option thing, he struggles a bit when, when he has to throw the ball and the defense knows he has to throw the ball, and I'm not sure why he does. That's where I think the offense coordinator needs to step in and help him a little more. We can go over how much that Cornelson doesn't belong here. I think everybody in Hokie Nation can agree with that. 
he's overmatched. But again, that falls on the headman for allowing that. But as far as Hooker, I was just disappointed in that last drive because what happened in that those last five drives, it overshadowed everything good they done the yeah. entire game. And one player who really stood out and who deserves a mention is Jalen Holston, the redshirt junior running yeah. back from Georgia. What a game he had. Oh, he was wonderful. And I loved every minute of his M1 Abrams tank act because that was just invigorating. It ignited the offensive line. When a running back does that for the line, the line comes alive. And like I said, the bog down was purely scheme. It was purely play calling. It was purely scheme. You can't tank two plays into the line of scrimmage that everybody expects you to run put your quarterback in who's suddenly struggling out of the blue into third and long, a third and emergency, and he's sort of having problems taking decisions. And then put him in a position where the patterns are not decently easy patterns for him to hit. Blackshear was doing a great job out of the backfield receiving. Holston was doing a great job in the backfield receiving too. So to not have intermediate check down routes for him and to be kind of encouraging him to throw deep when he was having problems, that doesn't make sense to me. I guess it's kind of where we're going to have to leave it for the pod today, was there's just stuff on the offense that doesn't make sense, and somebody's going to have to make some sense of it, or it's going to take a lot more down than anybody is willing to admit at this point. Or there's a whole lot of firebirds and boobirds out in Hokie Nation that would love it to come down. Of course, they're not going to get anything to come back, but bitterness and anger. Sometimes people like to wallow in their bitterness and anger. And that's what would happen because we wouldn't be able to find another coach for $25 and 30 cents because that's all we'd have left in the till. So, hey, all we got left in the till is a few seconds. So I'll leave it with you to to sign us out. Yeah, I just wanted to, before we close out, I just wanted to mention Jalen Holson's performance. Not only did he run the ball hard and well, he had a key block there in that game where in the third quarter, it was it was one of the runs he scored on touchdown. Hooker had a big run and Holston threw the block that sprung it. And then in the fourth quarter, I think it was early part of the fourth quarter before the offense just completely went away. We had like a third and nine, I believe, and Hooker scrambled around a little bit. Hooker was getting ready to go down and Holston just came back to his quarterback. Made a great play on third down to get a catch. I mean, he was just he had a great game on, on Saturday and it was nice to see those guys that work hard get rewarded. I agree. So everybody, we'll have our show coming up on Friday for the pit game. Okay, one thing I got to put you on alert for, we're hearing big rumors that the pit game might get postponed. Evidently, because of Virginia codes and Virginia regulations and lockdown stuff and everything, there's a double, triple whammy going on. And they're not even sure they're going to have a team available to play pit on Saturday. Pitt's also struggling with something. So everybody's this is we go back to day to day again i guess so with that the regular articles are going out we got to start basketball season here up pretty soon so nate reynolds is going to start doing his basketball articles i'll be starting work on the women's team and brian's going to be chipping in doing commentary on basketball too so the football season might be almost over but basketball season's just going to get started the schedule's on the board and we'll start talking about that later too So if everybody will take care and come back on Friday and we'll leave you with what we always leave you with, go Hokies. Go Hokies. 